Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez, this in every episode, and can we move on from the politics? I don't know what's happening. Doesn't matter. What matters is the music. Music is what matters in this show, and we welcome you guys as usual. Welcome to the new listeners to the show that is all about rock and roll, country, Americana, and the magical world of great music. Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, oh my God, such a great album they just released. On October 23rd, this group released Crucible, and the group's name is All Right, All Right, out of Denver, Colorado. They are a husband and wife duo called Seth and China Kent. And guys, this album that they released, let me tell you, it is an absolute gem. You guys know I don't use these words lightly. It is an absolute masterpiece. It reminded me of listening to, you know, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen, or one of these albums that is full of characters, full of stories, relatable, the American dream, you know, blue collar, the pleasures, the struggles, the joys. It is a walloping, emotional, 39-minute, 11-song journey, guys. Crucible. If anything else, as soon as you stop listening to this interview, stream the album, Crucible, follow the guys, follow the band, all right, all right. You know, check out their website, all right x2.com and just get into it because what a beauty of an album but anyway today's interview is fantastic you know we talk a lot about stuff about the album about how they met about their uh, writing style we talk about all sorts of issues and at the end they perform one of the one of the singles of the album Missouri Calling and it is one of the most I almost shed a tear it was a fantastic performance so stick around for that so, guys, we hope you enjoy this great interview with All Right, All Right out of Denver, Colorado. We thank you guys for listening. Make sure to, uh, if you haven't, leave a review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. It helps us a lot. It takes 60 seconds. And we thank you for your support. This is the interview with All Right, All Right. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you, China? Good. I'm good. Hold on. I can't see you. There you are. There you are. I'm, I appeared. We are having a snow day. It snowed about six inches. That's, you know what? I'm jealous. Yeah, you should be because it's pretty. It's pretty great. I mean, yeah. Hey, Seth. Hi. Yeah, you're, you I'm, you're in Miami, and I'm jealous of you. So we could just be mutually jealous. Exactly. You know what I would do for like you know snow and white Christmas and all that? We dream of that kind of stuff. You do. You dream of a white Christmas. Seth was born in Tampa. He knows all about Florida. There you, right. So Seth knows that Christmas here is depressing. The palm trees with the lights around them. And it's like. Well, I was born in Florida. And then when we moved, we moved to Hawaii. So it was just more of the same. Oh, I know man. the poor man. He had to yeah, grow up in Florida and Hawaii. Life. Look at you, tropical. <laughs> <laughs> and your music is like not tropical at all. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
we we probably like sad. I mean, I don't think it was intentional, but we it it that album. There's some heavy hitters there, man. Oh yeah, absolutely, guys. By the way, guys, before anything, I mean, congratulations, guys. Your album Crossable just came out October twenty third. Yep. guys outstanding like outstanding i mean i have to tell you an emotional journey guys all 39 minutes it's like going through a martin scorsese movie i don't know man it's no it's a whole emotional experience guys massively well done congratulations thank, thank you. you thank you thank so you. much thank you for i feel like like you listened to it like you you know i feel heard so thank you That's... are you kidding i haven't stopped sharing it to all my you know to all my friends and and, and you know music tastemakers in my circle this weekend it's been amazing oh my gosh thank, thank you. you we appreciate that well it was it was a journey for us as well i mean it's kind of interesting it was very physical like seth literally built the studio that we recorded that in right before like we, we, we re renovated our house and the city wouldn't let us do anything to the garage. So literally the day that the, the inspector came and like gave us the seal of approval on the house, basically ensuring that no other inspectors were gonna be here. Uh -huh. so started like tearing shit down in the studio and like making it. And that was in January of 2019. And then by April, we were starting the whole recording process. So it was- That's great. It was, yeah. a, it was a journey making it. Yeah. It's not just a exactly. journey listening. Well, you know, came out so smoothly. So yeah, very, very, very good job, guys. So, you know, to get started, let's start with this. We're, we're rounding up the corner in 2020. Okay. And finally, feel like. So, so so let me like ask you guys, you know, um, obviously new album, new singles, family life for you guys. How would you, you know, China, how would you describe 2020, um, you know, for you, like in a, in a nutshell? I mean, I, part of me feels like uh, you know, obviously nothing turned out the way that we wanted it to, you know? Uh, and part of me feels like I'm like an astronaut, like floating above the earth, like watching this all happen and still trying to make my thing ha like it, uh, which doesn't, I don't know if that makes much sense to anyone else, but me, but I feel like oddly like connected, so deeply connected to, um, like the pulse of the world. But then also when you're making when you're in the creative process, you're so much like in this world, in this other world. And then when, when, you, when you release that to the world, it's like, mm -hmm. it's almost like sending signals from another, from another planet, hoping that, that like you're connecting, you know? And so, and, and sure. it feels like this has hit, like we somehow like hit like a razor beam, like with this album, like it is connecting in a big way. Um, but 2020 has been a big, a big pivot for us. We were going to go on tour. We were, you know, like yeah. it was just going to be a whole thing. And uh, immediately, basically four days after shutdown, we pivoted to a weekly live stream sort of uh, format. And mm -hmm. that was amazing. And, and, and that, that adds to like this feeling of like, everyone's in their own little bubble. And we're all like, like sort of like, transmitting like signals to each other from our from our computers and everything it's right. like we're, we're all like trying to connect in this it's not new but but it is new like there's this new way of connecting with people via music yeah. and zoom and live streams and everything so that mm -hmm. that's been really interesting and um and in some interesting way more community building than it would have been otherwise i see what you're saying and, and i've been getting that a lot how you know, obviously the fan connection has gotten deeper through this way. Obviously, you know, Seth can be there on stage, you know, touching fans physically, feeling the energy, but it's like, it's almost made the artist and the, uh, and the audience connecting some like ethereal way, right? It's, uh, yeah. 
yeah. that's and where I you're think, going. I think it also has illustrated really clearly something that, you know, we as artists have said for a long time, which is we're necessary. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, I think it illustrates for people now. I mean, we we did our first in-person show. It was socially distanced outdoors Saturday night, dude, which was very cold. Uh, <laughs> and every seat was was purchased because people, oh, yeah. people yeah, people were it. like, we sold out like five days before the show, six of days before the show. People who we've Pe- never heard of were buying tickets. Yeah, I mean, it was just like people need this this medium so badly and we and, yeah. and everyone's yeah. like a little bit sick of the the online stream thing you know so like any opportunity to see live music whether they're in like 30 degree weather or not it's like everyone is just jumping on it so I think in a way it's also it has created more community in this ethereal way and I like that because we can be almost more um off the cuff like online you can like have the dog and the kids running around and (laughs) and like it's very personal um but but the the the, you know being on stage it was it was one of the one I say it was one of the top five shows that we've done because I think because everyone was so bought in and we it was such a oh it was just such a catharsis for us because we haven't Mm. done it so long and Mm -hmm. performing is a thing you know it's like it's different when you do it online than it is in person. And, oh, absolutely. And you turn into a different persona absolutely. and you're able to really channel something. It's, it transmit, you know, energy, you know, oh, yeah. person. It's just, oh, I love it so much. Of course, of course, as nice as it must be to get virtual hearts or virtual likes, nothing like seeing an actual face cry or something, you know? Right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly guys. So before we get to the music, uh, Seth, let me start with you. I have to ask this. Um, how did you, you guys are such a wonderful couple. Do you mind sharing with our audience how you guys met? Okay, well, so- He's got it on autopilot. He's like, okay, he's going to that one. And they press the button, yeah. I like being the one to tell this story though, because it's different depending on who tells the story. Um, we, so I was uh, helping out a friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours, as it turns out. He, I was being his sound guy, his roadie, at just this tiny little gig. I mean, basically we were just bored and I was just hanging out. And um, up in the mountains, and we're driving up to this little town called Evergreen. We're driving up there, and he says, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, I got an opener. So can you do sound for the opener?" I was like, "Okay, sure. What's the deal?" Oh, it's this like songwriter. She plays piano. Okay. (laughs) And we're getting ready, and you know, you get to the show, and of course, nothing's ready, so you have to like prep everything. And I hear this voice behind me. Excuse me, where should we put this? And the two of us, my buddy and I, we turn around and there are these two beautiful women on each end of this very heavy electric piano. Uh-huh. The rest are like... <laughs> but uh, China was one of the beautiful women. Uh-huh. And I was, I was smitten right away. And, uh-huh. but, but I just had to stick around for a while. I had just, I had just gotten out of this really not great relationship. And I was like... You, know, you needed yeah. to heal to do your healing kind of thing yeah, i need to heal i just helped yeah. her he did he was so it, like we were like we we would like talk on the phone well actually that night we all went out for drinks with a bunch of friends and and i remember thinking he's the most intelligent man at the table or person at the table you know i was just thinking yeah, he was just like really smart and witty and and uh and at that same table she you know, it was us, it was a bunch of musicians all sitting around mm-hmm. being dorky and arguing about whether Jeff Buckley was a great artist and that kind of thing. Ah. And 
And she says, guys, I heard this song and I can't That's find right. it. That's right. And then she just like in this restaurant, just belts out the chorus of the song Cathedrals by Jump Little Children. But mm. I didn't know who it was at the time. And I didn't either, but she sang it and I was like, I will find this song. And he, he and I found it and I bought it and I gave her this. This CD. is back in the days of like you know, when you could go to. You, you had your, your own human Shazam. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. I, I think I think that you know it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day about how great Shazam Shazam was like the second app ever created. Oh and they stuck and they stuck around because they're so great. They're so great. Yeah. I would marry my own Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yep. I'm taken. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the time, also, oh gosh, I've never told you about this. We were. I was directing. So I used. I'm. I'm also a theater buff theater person in my past life so I was directing this production of the Wizard of Oz for a bunch of like sort of like middle grade kids and Seth rode his bike like 40 miles to come help me lay the yellow brick road and that was when I like on the stage or whatever to like create the set and I was like uh oh I think I really like this guy <laughs> a feeling yeah oh boy yeah it was the yellow brick road it's, oh that's great death. guys well, that's what. Well, listen. The musical world is glad that that happened. Thank yeah. you, universe. Love that the universe makes that happen. Let's talk a little bit about the music. Uh, China. Let me start with um, a little bit of a dour note with the music video for Missouri Calling. Yes. It's um, just such a beautiful video. Um, I mean, you took your teenage son, from what I understand, with a bunch of iPhones, a GoPro, and you yeah. kind of documented this incredibly touching video about the homeless crisis that COVID has done in Denver. Yes. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about it and how emotional was it? So I've always been involved in some way with um, volunteering at, at a homeless shelter. We have a, well, used to, pre-COVID. Uh, our church hosted a women's homeless shelter every Monday night. Um, we would cook as a family you know, I'd make a big meal and then we'd go and serve, you know, a couple times a year we did this. It's not, don't think I'm like Mother Teresa. This is not like an everyday thing. But so, but I've always had a real soft spot for um, the unhoused because in Denver it is, it's pretty obvious that there's a quite a, you know, population of people who don't have housing. So it's always been on my radar, but you guys, like when the pandemic hit, and I didn't really notice it until the summer because we weren't like out and about because everyone was on lockdown, right? So then when we started being able to like drive around and kind of like walk around, all of a sudden, I mean, it was, it felt like it was night and day. There were these tent cities that just popped up all over Denver. In Civic Center Park, which is one of our favorite parks, there was like hundreds of, of tents. And then in random um, streets, just downtown, you just kind of turn a corner and all of a sudden it, it seemed like there was like an enclave and and it seemed like also unhoused people would kind of find their tribe and and sort of make like posses so so you could tell there's this one I, I love this one there's this one that had like beads and they had like antlers like nice. it was like oh yeah it was like all these like makeshift tents that obviously were part of a, a, a unit you know mm. um and that one would be, you know, they they take it down every co couple weeks and put it up somewhere else. And I just got really curious, like, what the hell is going on? Why is this so much more pronounced now? And 
and and why have they like it seemed like Denver officials weren't making them move like a lot of times you know you you can tell that a, a homeless camp has been cleared out by the cops but these camps weren't getting cleared out right so we uh and, and our, our son, Fender, he wants to make movies. He's like really into film. Actually, our daughter mm-hmm. is as well. They're upstairs right now. Right making there, they're the making movies. a movie. Well, they did, they, if they filmed it, they did a heck of a job. If that I was know. them. Yes, well, yes. It looks some, it looks professional as heck, yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because really it was iPhones and a GoPro. And so my son and I, on a hot July day, Seth was, I think, working in the studio and and Fender and I went downtown and we got all of this footage. I would drive and he would be like leaning out the window with the GoPro. And then we also did a walk around. And it was, it was so heartbreaking and also a little bit like, it made us kind of mad, you know, like what's going on? And um, yeah. so I cut the video all together. I like edited it um, and our son helped edit it as well. And it was really powerful. But then I was like, I actually kind of wonder if it would be more powerful if people understood what this was, if I explained through some text overlaid on the video, what was going on. And I, I realized that like, I didn't have a lot of time to do that. <laughs> so I um, texted or I, I got a hold of one of the teachers at, at our son's school and we send our kids to this um, Episcopal social justice mission school called St. Elizabeth's and their whole, like it's a sliding scale um, private school and their whole thing is diversity. They're all about like um, socioeconomic diversity in every classroom, racial diversity and teaching kids about um, injustice and how to, you know, activating kids in the world. To, to fight to, or understand these situations. And, and um, so Mick Sala is, is that teacher and sh- they like jumped on this and they mm-hmm. were, they were so excited to, um, to have a, to have sort of like a, a way to introduce kids to something local. And because it, during the pandemic, like they can't do what they normally do, which is go to soup kitchens or uh, animal shelters that's right class usually has some sort of um uh community service component it's what you were talking about the power of the internet this pandemic has like yeah, yeah absolutely exactly so they did the research i i um it was so the interesting thing is that you know as soon as the pandemic hit all of those homeless shelters either shut down all the way like all those private ones in all the churches they're run by volunteers who were like 70 and over, you know? So the volunteers, in order to protect everyone, they kind of had to shut those ones down. And then the official um, shelters, they their capacity overnight shrunk by 65%. Yeah. All these people just had nowhere to go, you know? I don't think people know, knew about that, know about that enough. No. Yeah, it's 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 a hidden problem. Yeah. yeah. It's well, as a, we don't end up in seeing. a normal, you know, pre-pandemic world, it's kind of an issue that that the private sector and some really wonderful other places are taking care of, but when they can't fulfill that need, the need overnight becomes very evident, you know. Right. Oh, man. Well, well, I'm so happy that you're uh, transmitting that message because yeah, we we do need to remember all these people. I know there's a lot of issues right now, a lot of people losing their jobs and you know, family members getting sick and all that. But listen, that's 
these are also people that need their attention. Um, amazing, amazing. Seth, let me ask you about uh, the songwriting because, well, it's it, it's stunning. Like Over the Edge, for example. I mean, these characters, Over the Edge. It reminds me of Bruce Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town or something, man. You hear these people of Ronnie Jones, you know, you see, you see him at the grocery store or you think of Sheila, like, and you like visualize Sheila, right? At the sugar mill or whatever. Uh, tell me about the development of these like characters. It's fantastic the way you guys did it. Well, that song started, we were, uh, we were just in a sound check on tour and uh, I was, I think we, we were waiting for something. We don't, neither of us remembers what we were waiting for, but we were waiting for something. And I just sort of started noodling a little bit, just kind of strumming and, and messing around. And China started singing and for, for whatever reason, Sheila was a name that came out right yeah. away for her. Yeah, Sheila was the first character that started. Uh, and yeah. so she, she was singing that out and just kind of like singing, you know, Sheila worked. And at first Sheila was working at, at the grocery store. And mm -hmm. so, you know, as we developed, all these things got shifted and moved. So, but it started with that. And then we, we just took a voice recording of that and sort of messed with it. But then, you know, we were on tour. So we yeah. got the voice recording and then you kind of forget. Yeah. And uh, we got home and we were starting to work on the, uh, the album and putting, pulling together everything we had for the album. And so, you know, you start digging through all the voice recordings and yeah. the memos and the, the scraps of paper that have lyrics on them. And we were doing that. And we sent it to Ben. Yeah, we sent it to Ben, our Wysocki. producer. Yeah. And he was like, this one, start on this He's one. like, this one, Let, I really think Get there's going. something there. So yeah. we took it, I think, did I take it first? And I started to sort of flesh out. And when it first started out, like the whole song was about Sheila. And then Seth was like, I think we need another character. Because yeah. with, with our songwriting style, we tend to sort of, one of us will sort of, it's like a, a like a two man relay race where one of us will do a loop, <laughs> yeah. And the other one comes and does yeah. a loop, and yeah, that's so, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we just we decided it needed more story. Like the the single character couldn't carry the story on its own. So we we have this bay of lockers in our studio. Um, it, it's three lockers, and the three we got them from a random. I don't know where they came from. They came from some factory, and the lockers are named. Uh, Ron, no, Ted, Dan, and Ron. Ron, Ron Ted, Ted, and Dan. Dan. Yeah, Ron, Ted, and Dan. That's great, yeah. And we were like, we've always wanted to like write songs about Ron, Ted, and Dan. So we decided that Ron was going to be in Over the Edge. And, and we decided to flesh out like sort of an imagined story about this guy, Ronnie Jones. I can't, it's fantastic. And, and something tells me it's not the last we're going to hear of these people. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, of course not. Of course not. Um, let me ask you about another one. Of course, are we going to make it? And the reason why this one struck such a big chord, like China, tell me a little bit about this one, because I think that obviously you were going for something literal, but with this pandemic, oh my God. It's, it's an anthem. It's an anthem for everybody, for every, everybody's going through something, something, right? Mm -hmm. And when you say, baby, are we going to make it? You know, your cash is my words, my cash is my time. Why can't we learn to toe the line? But this is like another level now. Can you just tell me how the songs have evolved after you put them on a piece of paper and like this year have got greater yeah. meaning right I mean that was I think about I think about that and like how really weird it is that we made all those songs before all of this hit and and that is so you know that song it's it's almost an anomaly on the album it is you know a, a minor song I, well I guess don't worry is almost is also in a minor key but um 
you know, it's, it a little bit stands out as, a, as an anomaly, a different, different piece, a different jewel tone, so to speak. And that song is actually um, the, the amalgamation of two different songs that I had written. So I'd hmm. written a song, like I'd started Baby Are We Gonna Make It ages ago. I mean, dude, I think I started that song like 10 years ago and I just wow. couldn't ever figure it out. Like it never was, it never came together, you know? Interesting. And, and then I was on a retreat um, right after like, well, it was 2016, right after the election. And I was devastated. I was exhausted. I was so upset about the election in 2016. And I went on a little retreat. So I think it was probably a couple months later, so probably in 2017. And I went on a retreat. It was a silent retreat. I was at this uh, Jesuit retreat center that we have here in Denver or near Denver. And after a couple of days of being quiet and just listening to birds, honestly, it's bird song that came back to me, I realized the, the phrase was the world is worth saving. The world mm -hmm. is, worth, you know, the world is worth like being here for. And that morning, I like, it just came to me, your cash is words, my cash is time. Why can't we learn to totally, like all, that whole chorus came to me. And I was feeling really deeply sad about like disconnection between humans, how like, we, we have like different currencies. It's, it's like, we don't understand. It's, it's almost so basic. Like if I try to pay you with, you know, with words, but you don't under, you don't get fed by words. You get fed by, you know, by time. I was just like, kind of, it was that like feeling of, of just the sorrow of, of how we don't connect right. with each other in the ways that, that sometimes really matter. And and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, that goes with baby, are we gonna make it? Like, I was like, oh, oh. It came together, you know? Um, so what do you do there? Do you go to your iPhone? Do you go to grab a piece of paper, like a napkin? Like, what, what do you do? Yeah, right. Whatever, I think, right? I think, right. Napkins have been used. iPhones are, I, I sang it into my um, voice memo. I mean, voice right. memos are like, thank God for voice memos. Yeah. Um, I think it was voice memo and then I, and I was journaling. So I, I have like, a thousand journals you know so amazing oh i mean listen guys like i could spend the entire day talking about each song i mean you mentioned don't worry i mean it's perfect the way it just pauses at in the middle of the night in the middle of a dream and like it's like straight to your gut so listen we can spend 20 minutes per song we don't have the time you guys are so generous with your time um i hear a rumor that you guys may perform a song for us is that true well, I think you know. Uh, we are going to move over here to our piano. Oh my God, I, this is yep. fantastic. We are so lucky, Seth. Thank you so much, guys. This is what a treat. Thank you. This seriously, the the treat is all ours. I'm just so thankful that like people who are movers and shakers like you listen to our music and found us. Thank you. No, absolutely, absolutely. Can't wait for the uh, post pandemic return to normalcy and. Yeah. Right? I can't wait to tour Florida. I, I've already got like five different places that I want to play. So, so perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Can't wait. Okay. So we're going to sing um, Missouri Calling for you. Oh, that's great. What a treat. Uh, Thank I, you guys. Uh, I, I entered the Kerrville Folk Festival. Uh, I forgot that I'd done it. And then it turns out I entered this song and this song ended up being chosen as a finalist or this and um, another one, Champagne. 
Um, yeah. Oh, champagne's another great one. Yeah. I can't. Don't even get me started. Champagne. I mean, it's such a simple line, but so powerful. I can't. Don't get me started, China. All right. All right. New album, Crucible. Released already October 23rd. Play it wherever you stream your music. It's all of them are amazing. It's one of the best records of the year. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Trouble got me down in the city. Everything feels off like a rain delay. Streets are cold when I wake up. My bones shivering surly. Last night's good time evaporates. My head's full of fog and fury, and I never thought I'd end up so lonely. No, I Never thought I'd be so sorry. Mama walked in, so she threw me out. Said you never raised no whore, you're just like you. Think you're so clever. I couldn't wait to get out. Mountains of blood and the money. Took a deep, deep breath. Denver was supposed to be sunny, and I never thought I'd end up so lonely. No, I never thought I'd be so sorry. Ooh, ooh, Thank you. 
such force. Unbelievable, guys. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. China, Seth, you guys killed it. You guys said it all. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for Thank having you so us. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.